Today we're in Proverbs. I'm going to read 13 to 35 of chapter 3. We've been taking a lot of long chunks, and this is one of them. It's actually four little sections put together into one section, which you'll see in your Bible. They split it up that way. Let's read this, and then we'll pray. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver, and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew. My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely, and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come again tomorrow. I will give it to you when you have it with you. Do not plan evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly beside you. Do not contend with a man for no reason when he has done you no harm. Do not envy a man of violence, and do not choose any of his ways. For the devious person is an abomination to the Lord, but the upright are in his confidence. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Toward the scorners he is scornful, but to the humble he gives favor. The wise will inherit honor, but fools get disgrace. Let's pray. Father, please help us to hear your word today. We pray that the repetition of many of the same basic ideas over and over again will be useful to us and will penetrate our thick skulls and that we'll be able to want wisdom. Help us to see it for what it is, to see the gifts and blessings you're offering to us today, we ask. I also uh, lift up in prayer my wife, Megan, as she's away helping her family in Atlanta. Pray that you'd be with her and her family as they move in her grandmother to stay with them and that you give them grace. And I pray that uh, you would, you would uh, give my words now clarity and give every heart here a receptiveness to your scripture. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So basic idea of today's passage. Wisdom gives life, peace, honor, and happiness. Emphasis on peace. If you keep wisdom, God will give you peace. If you choose the way of violence, God will destroy you. So that's all of that stuff in a couple sentences. I'm going to do it again. Wisdom gives life, peace, honor, and happiness. Emphasis on peace. If you, get, if you keep wisdom, God will give you peace. If you choose the way of violence, God will destroy you. That's it. It's all that. That's, that's the whole chunk. So like all of Proverbs so far, <clears throat> we're learning about the choice God puts before us of life and death. And God is always doing that, right? You've noticed that? <laughs> Reading the Bible, God likes to put before you life and death, and he likes to do it over and over again. So think back to the Sermon on the Mount. Sermon on the Mount is almost nothing except 
Do this, you'll live. Now, if you do this, you'll die. Do this, you'll live. If you do this, you'll die. If you follow what I'm saying, God will bless you. If you don't follow what I'm saying, God will judge you. Again and again, Proverbs is no different. Basic pattern in the Bible. God is very intent that we embrace life and not death. And he wants to give us every opportunity. And he's always graciously putting this out. And so we ought to believe him. And the first thing that we see is actually just like the Beatitudes. Verse 13, blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. That's the Beatitudes, right? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the peacemakers. So blessed means what? I need a kid. Go, tell me. Happy, yeah. Don't get hung up on the fact that it's a word that you never use. You never say blessed. It just means happy. You want to be happy? Do you want to be happy? You can be happy. Do you not want to be happy? That's dumb. You ought to want to be happy. Blessed. Blessed are you. If you get wisdom. What I, what I like about this, what I like about all of this stuff that we're going through is how Solomon keeps doing this thing. And here's the thing. The thing is like, if I were going to tell you, oh man, you're going to be happy if you get ice cream from Dairy Queen, let's say. You're going to be happy. And you're like, oh yeah, why? And I'm like, oh, because it's great. <laughs> like it's better than other desserts. And you're like, okay. No, like there's no other, you have no idea. There's no other dessert you could possibly want that's going to be like a blizzard. Great. Yeah, no, it's more valuable than even, you know, a McFlurry. And I'm like, that sounds great. And so you're going to, why don't you tell me about it? No, it's awesome. You know, that's the same thing here. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver. Okay, wisdom is valuable. Silver is valuable. Wisdom is better. Wisdom, so you're telling me wisdom is really valuable. Yes, wisdom is really valuable. And her profit is better than gold. Well, gold is even more valuable than silver. So what you must be trying to tell me is that wisdom is really, really valuable. Yes, you've got it. Wisdom is really, really valuable. And? Well, she's more precious than jewels. So you're trying to tell me that wisdom is really, really, really valuable. Yes, it's really, really, really valuable. And nothing you desire can compare with her. So it's like awesome. It's like the best. Yes, it's awesome. It's the best. And why? (laughs) Well, because long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. If you know a little bit about the Middle East or whatever, you know, the right hand is the best hand, right? My name, Benjamin, means son of the right hand. Son of the left hand would not be as good. I don't know what, if there is a name, that's son of the left hand, but that's not what my name is. It's the right hand. So long life, that's the best thing, but a life without riches and honor, well, that's just not as good. It's going to be long. It might as well be filled with all the best things you could have. And honor, honor. So I want a kid to tell me, What's honor? What's honor? Why do you want honor? You know why you'd want a bunch of money or something, maybe. But why would you want honor? Kai, Ian, you want to shoot? I can pick on you because I can see you. Yeah. Yeah. Like respect. Like respect from God and man. Like having people look at you and say, oh, it's, oh, it's Kai. I wonder what Kai has to say. I wonder what Kai's doing. I'd like to know because it matters to me. Kai's an honorable person. 
There's no guy who doesn't want that. There's no woman who doesn't want that. And her ways are ways of pleasantness, verse 17, and all her paths are peace. Well, that sounds nice, and that sounds a little more immediate, because we're all maybe on board with the idea that, well, if you're wise, eventually, like one day, you'll have life and riches and honor. Life may stink here. You may, if you're a Christian in China, you might go to prison, the government might kill you. But still, eventually, one day, you'll get life and riches and honor. But what about now? Well, all her ways, her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. And that's a little more like right now, right? We'll talk more about that as we go. And then you get to the kicker. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. So Solomon is trying to stop us. He's kind of trying to trigger us. I couldn't come up with a better word. He's not really trying to trigger us. He wants us to think the tree of life, like really the tree of life, because what is the tree of life? Well, the tree of life was where? Original tree of life. Where was it? Sunday school. Garden of Eden. Yes, yes. Okay. I saw you, Jamie. Thank you. Uh, The tree of life in the Garden of Eden. And, well, let's just stop and think about that. If Solomon's going to recall your mind back to the Garden of Eden in such a potent way, he wants you to pause. what What was in the Garden of Eden? What made it so great? Well, let's see. There was, there was no evil of any kind. There was no death. There was no violence. You weren't going to die. When you worked, it was just good work. It wasn't full of the misery that taints our work at its best, the toil, the frustration, the mistakes, the sin. It's just good work. You could work and enjoy it. And then, and then what else? What else was in the Garden of Eden? I mean, here we are, we live in this, in this world, and we wait to see the face of our Savior, Jesus Christ. But in some sense, Adam and Eve got to see God. When they wanted fellowship with God, what did they do? They went on a walk with him. They went on a walk with him. They saw their maker. They saw his glory. That was allowed. That was just part of life in Eden. Um, now, we're Christians. We have a hope of something better than Eden. But in the meantime, we live here. <laughs> I mean, we're all alive. We're all alive. But we're always on the brink. You know, you have your plans. You have your plans to go on vacation, or you have your plans to get that promotion, buy that house. You have your plans to grow up, go to college, do what you want to do, play more video games than your parents let you play. Good luck with that. It's not that much fun. Um, you, you, have, you have your plans to, one day, I want to retire. And I hope I have a lot of grandkids. I hope I get to see a lot of them when I retire. Those are good plans, except the one about video games. Those are good plans. And you know what? Maybe. Maybe you will. Maybe you will. But life here is messed up. You might die in a way you don't expect. Maybe, maybe something will go wrong because your foolishness earlier in life or the foolishness and sin you're not dealing with now will just catch up to you. And your plans will go off the rails and then maybe God will restore you from that point. Don't know. Maybe, maybe you won't repent. <laughs> we see all around us that things get screwed up and messed up and change in ways we don't expect because in this life we live on the brink. We live, I wrote down this quote that a lot of you may have heard, if I can find it in these notes. In, well, I can't, but in the midst of life, 
we live in death. You may have heard that at a funeral. It's true. In the midst of life, we live in death. And we can't go back to a place where there wasn't sin or sickness or even cynicism. See that alliteration, Jake? I hope you're proud. Um, We can't go back there. We're here. And we have to wait. We have to wait to see our Savior's face. So, where is our tree of life? You see what a, what a major claim it is to say that wisdom is a tree of life, right? Don't you wish you could be back in the garden? You can't, but you can have a tree of life. How does that sound? Sounds like a pretty good thing. And the tree of life means all the things to do with life. It means like a life, living a life now that's not dominated by death, physical death, spiritual death. It's not dominated by sin and its consequences. It's not dominated by the misery of violence towards one another. Violence with a big V, like murder. Violence with a little V, like resentment and bitterness that simmer over time and poison your heart and poison your family. Wisdom is the tree of life. If you grab it, if you can get it, you can have that life that God promises. You can have eternal life. Now, let me pause right there. Maybe you're thinking, because I was thinking, I think sometimes when I read this, or I was, uh, well, yeah, the eternal life. I mean, sure, but hold on. What about Jesus? Because Jesus is the way to eternal life, right? Where is Jesus here? We're not, we're not reading a message of the cross of Christ. We're not reading about the forgiveness of sins through the blood of Jesus. We're not reading the gospel, right? So how can I say wisdom is, if you get wisdom, you have eternal life? Doesn't that like mess with the message of Jesus? Here's the answer. Wisdom, wisdom is like faith, looked at from another angle. So remember, the wisdom at its root is what? The basic, basic, most basic foundational thing on wisdom is what? Who just has, who has the answer? Jake has the answer. He might have to answer. Seth has the answer. Yes, it's the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is, I humble myself before you and I trust you. In fact, in fact, the fear of the Lord, wisdom, says to God, I bow to you and I bow to your son, Jesus Christ, and I put my trust in him. That's what wisdom does. What does faith do? Faith says, I bow before you, God. And I put my trust in your son, Jesus Christ. That's what faith does. We talk about faith and wisdom separately. That's proper. They're different things, right? Or the same thing from different angles, which is one is about skill. One is about trust. But you never find genuine faith without basic wisdom. You never find basic godly wisdom without genuine faith. Do you have the wisdom of being a good negotiator and winning arguments? But you don't have the fear of the Lord? Well, you don't have biblical wisdom. You don't have godly wisdom. Do you have the wisdom to do your job really well? Sometimes in the Bible, actually, we see God says, he gave this guy the wisdom, spirit of wisdom, to make stuff out of stone and wood. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about godly wisdom, wisdom from the roots up that trusts God. So faith and wisdom in the wild, right, when they occur in us, they can't really be separated. Make sense? Everyone tracking with me? Okay, all right. And, and so Solomon makes this audacious claim. She's a tree of life. And don't you want to live? If you want to live, you ought to want wisdom. 
All right, let me keep going. The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew. This is a little section. Did you wonder, um, you ever wonder when you read Proverbs, why should that be next? Did you, did you wonder when we read this, why is that next, that thought, you know? Why do you jump from telling me about how awesome wisdom is to the seemingly unrelated remarks on God? Let's think about this for a second. It, it took um, immense skill to fashion the universe, right? It took immense skill to deal with heaps of stone and water and air and fire and put them in order exactly on the level of our cells and all their little mechanisms and everything beautiful that we see and, uh, you know, a million or however many galaxies there are that we haven't seen and won't even know about in our lifetimes. And God put that all together. Um, And it's not a small job to do that, the way that my wife goes into a closet and says, you messed up everything, Ben. Now I have to rearrange it, and I'm going to order everything just like it ought to be. Don't mess it up again, please, sweetie. And, uh, and, she, and she's good at that, and she'll do that. Well, she can do that with the closet. God can do that with the universe. Now, that takes a lot of skill and power. And what's, what's the point of this? God did that, and then God sustains it because it says that by wisdom, the clouds drop down the dew. What's that? Well, that's God. Every time you see the rain, Solomon's reminding you, that's God's skill at fashioning the universe, bringing rain to the earth. God made all the life that you see and everything beautiful and everything you've ever enjoyed, and then he keeps it alive. And it may be corrupted by sin, but it's still beautiful and it's still God's work. Imagine it back at Eden. Since we were just talking about Eden and the tree of life, imagine it then. God made it. He made it perfect. He made it good. Now, how would you like to have the same, the same thing that God had that let him order the entire universe? that you see and enjoy and take for granted. How would you like that? What if God just said, here, you can have this. This is for you. (laughs) The way that I ordered and arranged the universe and everything in it and keep it going, you can arrange, you can order your life. Your dads and husbands, you can order and arrange your family to honor God. You can order and arrange the affairs of your heart and your mind so that you can have self-control and not be a slave to your lusts and emotions. What if I just gave you that? What if you could live in my footsteps, says God? Do what I do. Well, you can if you have wisdom. Or you could be your own God. But that leads to death. So now we're about to get more specific about the benefits of wisdom and about some things you have to do and not do in order to be wise. And, And Solomon all the time, well... I'm going to save that remark. Let's go to the next thing. My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Okay, all right. Just when you thought we could stop repeating the point that wisdom is so awesome, you're wrong. Let's move to the next section, and instead of just going into something practical, let's tell you again, hey, be sure that you get this thing. It's great. All right? Okay, why is Solomon... Why, why, why does he keep doing this? What, what is it for? So what I hope you realize is that Solomon is like your dad or something looking at you. And he, what is he waiting to see as he talks? Talks and talks. And he's going to say the same thing in different words. And you're going to be like, okay, dad. You know, what is he waiting for? He's waiting to see the gleam in your eye. That's what he wants. 
He wants to see the gleam in your eye that says, wait, wisdom is what? <laughs> like wisdom is that? Wisdom is like getting hold of life, like the tree of life. It's like having peace. It's like the path to actual riches that won't perish, spoil, or fade. It's the way to having honor, kind of honor that God confers. It's not just fake, like I make myself look good to other people and control the way they think of me. It's like all those things. What, you're not joking. Are you joking with me? Okay, I'm in. I want wisdom. That's what Solomon's waiting for. He's not going to stop it as we keep going through the book of Proverbs. He will not stop because he is intent on grabbing your shoulders and getting you to be like, yes, I want it. It's great. It's awesome. <laughs> and you have to give in. You have to give in to God and you have to just say, okay, it does sound pretty awesome. I'm not, I'm not too cool to try and get wisdom. I may be a teenage boy, but I'm, I'm not too cool. Fine. I'll get wisdom. It, sound, it does sound awesome. Just don't tell my friends. <laughs> All right. So we keep going. And we do get to some things that are more concrete. And then we get to some commands. Verse 23, then you will walk on your way securely and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked when it comes, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Well, who doesn't want peace? The kind of peace that gives you good sleep at night. Why? Why? Why, 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 why? Because your country is not at war? Well, if this is only a peace you can have when your country is not at war, most of the world has experienced a lot of war at one time or another, and probably our land will experience war again. So hopefully this is a better promise than that. Is it just the peace of having enough money or being able to afford a nice mattress, get you a good night's sleep? Well, hopefully it's better than that, because a lot of people who hate God can afford those things. What, what is it? Is it the kind of peace that the Apostle Paul had? Because he got killed. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, it is the kind of peace the Apostle Paul had. It's the kind of peace King Solomon had, too, until he forgot his own teaching. It's the kind of peace that's inside of us that God gives. The kind of peace that comes when we know things are right between you and me, and I have peace. Tonight I can go to sleep. There may be something hard in the morning. There may be something bad. There may be something I'm not looking forward to, but I can have peace. I can walk in the ways of pleasantness and peace. I can have it. Like, I can have it now. I can lie down and know whatever happens to me. Maybe we bring it up too much, but our friend, our friend Adam, was a righteous man, and he died in his sleep. And when he lay down, he was not afraid, and his sleep was sweet. And he didn't need to be afraid of sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked when it comes, because the Lord was his confidence since that. And that was true at the moment that he died in his sleep, very unexpectedly. That's true. God held him. And that kind of peace is available to you and me. Don't you want it? If you want it, you should get wisdom. You can have this peace. So then we, then we come to something else, the beginning of another section. I don't know why in all of our Bibles, verse 27 is spaced like it's part of what I just read. But I don't think it is. It's the first, like, it's the first command aside from keep wisdom. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. 
Okay, so why did we, how did we get to this command? That's one thing I wondered as I read this. How did I get here from everything that's been said? I think I understand what's going on. And then suddenly you throw a command at me that I don't expect. Well, the reason is that if you want God's blessing of peace, which we were just talking about, you have to live peaceably. You can't have God's blessing of peace and be someone who doesn't do good to others, someone who's violent. You can't have it. He won't give it to you. You won't be able to hold on to it. You have to be a man or woman of peace if you want God's peace. That's this whole next section. But it starts with this command. Don't withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. Now, you thought the opposite of peace was what? It's the opposite of peace. War? Violence? Yeah. Yeah. War, hate, violence. Sure. All those things. But really, 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 the opposite of peace is, no, I'm not going to do that good thing that I have the power to do. I sh- should. It's, but no. Nope. Now that's the opposite of peace. That's what we're learning. The opposite of peace is, I could do it. I could do you good, but no. I'm tired. I'm busy. You're annoying. <laughs> I'm not going to. No. No, that's the opposite of peace. And all, all the force of everything you've heard so far about all wisdom's blessings that you're supposed to have, supposed to make you say, man, I want that. It all comes down to this, this command. Great. You want all that stuff and you, and you, and you keep waiting for Solomon to tell me, Solomon, how do I put boots to the ground? Yeah, I'm ready to get wisdom. I'm cool. I'm open. I'm with it. I want all these things. What do I do? Okay. Boots to the ground. Don't withhold good from those to whom it is due. There you go. Really, this is just the negative version of, a, of a, a command that we all know, right? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Same thing, same idea. If, you're, if you've been assaulted and you're lying on the side of the road, what would you like others to do for you? Stop? Help you? Care for you? Maybe uh, even get you to a hospital? Pay your medical bill? Your wallet's been stolen. You don't have your wallet. They can't pay with your credit card. Pay your medical bill. Okay, so do unto others. And the negative version is don't withhold good from those to whom it is due. And that helps us think about it in a slightly different way, doesn't it? What could I do that I'm not doing? Um, James, which is always quoting Proverbs and tracks with a lot of this passage. Um, and actually, the the... The scripture about God's pardon that I read is a quote, or it does quote from verse, where, where is it? Well, it quotes from this passage. I can't find it now. About the Lord giving grace to the humble. To the humble he gives favor. So verse 34. Anyway, so James is always quoting from Proverbs. James 4.17 says, So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Same thing. Same thing. And Jesus followed this rule with regard to us, right? He gave his life for his people. He did good to us at the cost of his life. So everything that follows after this is just an elaboration or just kind of, it's like stepping stones. Don't do this. And then what's the next worst thing that you should not do? So verses 28 through 35, you keep going. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come again tomorrow. I will give it (laughs) when you have it with you. Well, what is that? It's withholding good when it's in your power to give it. Do not plan evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly beside you. Do not contend with a man for no reason when he has done you 
no harm. When I was in elementary school, I remember fifth grade, and maybe sixth, there was a kid, another Ben, who had a disability. Uh, I don't know the name of it. If I, I suspect if I described it, some of you would actually know the name of it, because it's, it's just around. But it, you know, it, it bent his legs. He had to walk with crutches. So he had kind of a funny look in the way he walked. He looked silly. And it was fun to laugh at him. And we just didn't much like him. So we laughed at him. We made fun of him. And uh, it wasn't because Ben had ever done anything mean to me or any other kid. It's just because we enjoyed it. <laughs> um, it's kind of nice to be able to sit back and have a little bit of control over how people are thought of and get a little a bit of enjoyment out of doing harm to someone. I mean, we didn't ever like, take his stuff or trip him or anything. We weren't that bad. But what were we? Well, we were this. We were this. He hadn't done me any harm, but I wanted to do him harm. I had a laugh at his expense. Was I his enemy? Well, I mean, maybe, kind of. Was I his friend? Certainly not. I didn't do him any good. Not at all. I had no interest in doing him good. I was glad he was there so that other kids who didn't have to walk like that, we could laugh with each other about him and have him down there. Now, does it really take that much imagination, you adults, to imagine how you do that in your own more sophisticated way? So you kids, you'll learn. As you grow older, adults are tricky. You think we don't do things like that. Maybe you, maybe you don't think we don't do things like that, but we do. We're just a little trickier about it. We're more sophisticated. The same impulse to bully or put down or be nasty to someone or not do them good. We have, we have. Works itself out in all kinds of little ways. If you're married, it's like my wife asked me for something and I just, I just, I'm just busy. I'm just tired. I just, I'm just going to give it about 10 seconds and I'm going to ignore her. And then I'm going to go, well, what, what is that? Come on, that's the same thing. It is the same thing. <laughs> it's, it's the urge to withhold something good so you can be in control. It is, it is the thing that we do. And that, surprise, surprise, it just leads on. If you follow that urge, it leads on to becoming actually violent, actively violent, actively wanting to hurt other people. But it is the same basic little principle you may think is fine as long as it's tiny, that will grow into something that's not tiny and that's awful and destructive to other people. Same thing. And there's a good reason. So kids, there's a good reason not to do that to other kids in your class, to do them good when it would be easier to make fun of them because they're dumb or something, whatever you think. Well, what is the good reason? Do not envy a man of violence and do not choose any of his ways. For the devious person is an abomination to the Lord, but the upright are in his confidence. Well, reason is God hates it, but that's not what, that's not what that says. It doesn't say God hates it. It says he hates people. Who? He hates people who are like that. People who have other plans like, oh yeah, they're smiling at you, but really, as soon as you turn your head, they're going to be snickering with their friends about you, Right? They pretend to be one thing, really they're another. They like to do you harm. God hates people whose hearts are full of violence and deviousness. He hates them. (laughs) He doesn't just hate it. He hates them. But the upright are in his confidence. And so being in someone's confidence, like if you're in someone's confidence, it's like 
your special friends. God is going to tell you things that he doesn't just tell everyone. He's going to tell you things. He's, you're, he's, going, to, he's going to personally know you and be with you in a way that is special. You're going to be friends with God. Wouldn't you rather have that instead of being someone God hates? The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Toward the scorners, he is scornful, but to the humble, he gives favor. The wise will inherit honor, but fools get disgrace. So we talked about what honor is. We talked about, you understand maybe what favor is, God's favor. And you understand what a curse is. God's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Do you want, do you want the Lord to be your confidence, that's verse 26, and keep your foot from being caught? Do you want him to personally take care of your life? Superintend it, watch over you, be with you, mitigate the sins that you commit and have to deal with and help you to change. Do you want to have a life that it, where you do lie down at night and you don't have a bad conscience because you were, you know, a jerk to your sister or something? Do you want to have that? Well, I don't care if you're five or seven or nine or 13 or 50 or whatever you are. The offer is to you. The offer is to you, young or old. If you're a kid, doesn't matter. If you're an adult and you feel like, well, I'm already a little too stubborn. <laughs> I'm afraid I'm just a little too stubborn and cantankerous. That's a good word. Well, this offer is for you. This offer is for you right now. You can be a man of peace, a woman of peace, a boy or a girl of peace. You can have the tree of life. You can have God in your life. And that is the blessing of wisdom. And that is what it gives. And we ought to want it. So let's pray.